All right, you ready over there, Auntie? I'm ready. Ready as I'll ever be. Ready as I'll you can be. put it off for two weeks. Do it. That's doesn't matter when you start it. I'll be the same amount of ready. <laughs> Apparently. Welcome to Heating Up, a podcast about climate change, our dangerous future, and what you can do about it. Well, since we last recorded, we've actually uh, published our podcast. Yeah. This will be our first recording after you've been able to listen to stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. uh, Congratulations. To us. To everyone. And to you. (laughs) So you're welcome. (laughs) So so happy for you. You got to listen to us. Yeah, exactly. It's, It's really good for you guys. Also, nobody's emailed us any corrections on our first five episodes, so I'm sure they were 100% accurate. I bet you. I that or they've only been released for like a day. And I can assume we all know that Whitney Houston is the greatest singer of all time. Uh, oh, you know what I did do? I downloaded the FEMA app. Did you? Yeah. And it is pretty good. <laughs> like, I'm sort of surprised they haven't advertised this. I, or I haven't seen advertisements for the FEMA um, app. You literally you download it and there's just an alphabetical list of the types of disasters that there are. Click on it. You can find out what you should be prepared beforehand, what things you should do if it's happening right now. Um, and it's shockingly good. You know, I guess their government really was like, okay, we can't save them. So let's uh, let's put the blame on them. Let's get them all the resources that they need to save themselves. So I think it was solid. Anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. I actually did something. Uh, no, that's good. You got the FEMA app. Yeah. That's only a couple weeks late. That's we only a couple it. weeks late. Anyway, I'm just saying, that's an easy one. You can do that. Just a uh, couple buttons. Beep, beep, beep. And then you've got it. Oh, did you see the story about the tiger? I've seen two stories about tigers in the last week. Okay, you tell me one story. No, uh-uh, you tell me yours. All right, I'll tell you one, and if it's one of your two. Otherwise, okay. you're gonna tell, we're going to hear three tiger okay. stories. <laughs> okay. All right. The story I'm gonna hear, or I heard was about the tiger that was found in an abandoned house. That's not the tiger story I oh, heard. Oh, three tiger story. Wow. Okay. So this story was about a guy who called the police after breaking into a house supposedly to smoke weed. That's what the story was. But in the house, he found a tiger in a cage. So like he ran out, called the police, and was like, hey, there's a tiger in this house. Uh, I don't know what I was doing in <laughs> Pretty this. Pretty sure it's not just Mihai from this marijuana. Yeah. I think there's well, a tiger in there. Well, he had to like, convince the, the emergency you know, caller, like, no, there's a real tiger, honest to God. And they go out there, sure enough, there's this tiger out there. Tiger was had not been there very long because it wasn't hungry, but it was dehydrated. But mm. it got to like a local animal sanctuary or something. So tiger is okay. The Medium. <laughs> tiger is fine now. Uh, living his best life. But like, the question is, like, how did the tiger get into this house? How did this dude get it? All I know is it definitely has something to do with, like, the drug game. Like, this is definitely some Medellin type shit. Because who, okay, because the tiger wasn't registered. And I'm pretty sure you can't just, like, buy a tiger. How do you get a tiger? Exactly right. So, like, if you... The dark web. Lots lots of people have tigers, I guess. But they're all, like, registered with big cat sanctuaries or whatever. You all have to, like, have your tiger... Permit. Permit, yeah. (laughs) This was not a permanent tiger. So how do you get a tiger into the fucking United States? It's not like they grow naturally here. So somehow this tiger got smuggled into the U.S. and somebody had it. I think what happened is some 
drug lord was like, you know what? Having a tiger, not as cool as it seems on paper. They eat a lot. They eat a lot of meat. This, this thing is costing me a fortune in red meat. And it doesn't seem like he's going to protect me. It seems willy-nilly. Seems like I can't <laughs> let it out of this cage or it'll eat me. And then he, So probably the, the downside of having the tiger was not thought during the impulse buy of Shocking. the tiger. Shocking. They didn't think through the tiger purchase. But I bet you, I bet you the guy who found that tiger was involved in the tiger story. Because like, who breaks into a house to smoke weed? Yeah, because that's... First off, you, you can do that, do that in, in your, your living backyard. room. Yeah, or your living It's basically legal so many places now. So yeah, you don't go... Weird, like, maybe it was a, a sympathetic uh, member. Yeah, I feel like he's this like, guy oh, is this part of the group... going to starve itself that, in Exactly. Here? Or he's the guy who owned the tiger, like wanted to get rid of the tiger, but didn't want the tiger to ha- fall upon okay. hard times because, you know, he clearly he bought the tiger. He still cared about it. Yeah, so called in was like, yeah, I think there might be a tiger in this house. I don't know. You gotta believe me, though. Like, how <laughs> Definitely does, here. Of all the houses, you break into the house with a tiger? Like, there's something fishy. There's more to this story. Um, you keep Stay here for more updates. More updates. Yeah, as the story is updated, we'll get to it. You have two different Hold, tiger stories, though? I'm gonna need to reference the internet, so okay, this is gonna I'm, have to be... This better not be a letdown of these two stories. <sighs> it very well is definitely gonna be a letdown about the tigers, so hold on. I should be able to search it, though. Uh, no, okay, so one of the tiger stories I had was the the well-fed uh, smoking weed guy. Okay. Um, oh, no, so the other one was just a male tiger, like, mauling a female oh, tiger yeah. on the... Well, that's not as good. No, it's not as good. But it was two tiger stories in a week. I was kind of oh, like, okay. what the hell's going on with tigers this week? Yeah. What um, was there? There was something good you posted on our Facebook, uh, something that Gavin Newsom did. Oh, Gavin Newsom, like, okay, so... Anyone from the Sacramento area probably is aware of the Twin Tunnels, the Delta Tunnels yeah. plan. Yep. That's a ridiculous plan to steal all the water. It's um, a great plan. Humongous. <laughs> Greatest deal ever. Great Tremendous. Deal ever. Newsom, official, the, the deal had been caught up in legal battles and essentially wasn't going in. Newsom said, yeah, he's not interested in the double tunnels. He wants just a regular tunnel, but it's not like high on his agenda. So it, Well, this I was just really happy tunnel. that you had like a good news. Good news, yeah. <laughs> Gavin Newsom rejects the double tunnel and then Asterix still wants a single tunnel. Still. But that's one less tunnel to fight, guys. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I was working at a restaurant in the Sacramento area and uh, frickin' Jerry Brown came in one and uh, Derek, I sent you a text and you're like, tell him to stop the tunnels. I'll give you anything. And I was like, I can't. I can't. I need this job. <laughs> but uh, I did get to see uh, Jerry Brown's wife yell at him, which was really really a great moment jerry uh, brown's wife yelled at jerry brown yeah it was no it was so good about it was their pizza order about their pizza order so i bring them their food <laughs> and i say or he orders his thing and he says, i don't want any truffle oil and i was like okay great you got it jerry brown no truffle oil so i bring out their pizzas and as with my entire history of working in the restaurants you tell them what you're handing them so that they know they got the right thing and they say here's your pizza with no truffle oil and i hand his wife her pizza and uh he goes uh and i said no truffle oil on this pizza and Jerry Brown's wife, and I need to find her name because this is just rude, but she goes, Jerry, she just said no truffle oil. And he's like, oh, uh, okay. And she's like, she's just like shook his head like this idiot man <laughs> couldn't listen to you tell him exactly what you just said to him. And I remember just being like so proud. I was like, yes, yes, you put Jerry Brown in his place. <laughs> Anyway, that's my Jerry Brown story. It's pretty good, good, actually. That's actually a pretty good Jerry Brown. All right, I like it. That's a high note.
Uh, I don't actually have that much terrible news oh, here. Good. You called my bluff today. Yeah, we can talk about all the people that have decided to run for president. Oh. Your 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 favorite has jumped into the Bernie ring. Bernie. Yeah, Bernie coming has in. finally decided oh, he's I'm, going to run. You this know year what? Too. This time it'll work. Yeah, I do appreciate the logic that it's like, you know who is going to beat the Trump this time? The guy who lost to the girl who lost to Trump. Uh, I don't even. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't even have a response to that because I'm. Listen. I'm not going to lie and say if Bernie were up against Donald Trump, I wouldn't vote for Bernie. Because I would. I'm not an idiot. Not a fool. Sure. But we gotta, we've had, we've had a couple of years to think about this, guys. How have we not come up with some other options here? Some better options. Uh, did you see Elizabeth Warren's comments about reparations? I did not. Elizabeth Warren is backing reparations for African Americans and Native Americans. Well, she has and some penance to do here. Sure. Either, regardless, penance or no penance, I was shocked to see that that was making its way into the public discourse and put Warren closer to the top of my list of uh, candidates. Oh, I who like who is like, in your top candidates? I have no idea. I have apparently not Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth, but I was shocked to see that she was backing the idea. It's kind of a, a political non-starter for most people. They don't even want to like bring it up. But Warren apparently has to differentiate herself from somebody in the crowd and has decided that uh, supports that she supports federal government issuing reparations to Black Americans who were economically affected by slavery. She said. So all of them. Yeah, basically, <laughs> and. I was like, wow, great plan. I like it. Let's go with it. Yeah. So how did they do something like that? I, I how does how do you decide on a figure there? There's one ah oh, jeez, I don't remember his name, but there is a, a senator, a congressman who like every year, you know, puts on you know the table like, Hey, we need to create a study to study how this would be feasible and every year it gets shot down. Democrat, Republican, doesn't matter. They don't even allow us to like put don't out a study into, into how we could possibly do it. Um but, yeah, there are a couple of options, including, you know, like college tuition or, you know, home loans. Things. There's lots mm-hmm. of ways to do okay. it because essentially it would bankrupt the government if we were to pay them straight cash value oh, for the for value. Oh, for sure. Right. Um, so, like, they're like, well, we can't do that. So what other options are there? But I'm all for even exploring it. Uh, I think that's a great way to get into the, that, that. That is now being talked about in the zeitgeist, in the, in the general you know, democratic thing. So yeah, Elizabeth Warren gets points in my book for that. She, it's like the office. Give her two stars. Yep. Uh, well, did you hear about the uh, Diane Feinstein running into those kids from the Sunrise Group? What did you, what did you have? Do you have an opinion on that? I'm not even sure how I feel about it exactly. Yeah, I don't know. So if you're not aware of the event, uh, I think it was the Sunrise Movement, a bunch of kids representing them and a few other groups, I think, um, came to Diane Feinstein's office to get her to sign on to the, the Green New Deal. They, you know, were confronting her and she kind of refused to sign on and instead said that she had her own legislation that she was doing. And the initial thing was that the Sunrise Movement released like two minutes of it, of like a 12 minute video. Right. And it was like edited to make Feinstein look the worst possible. And she didn't look like, that bad in it, to be honest. She just looked like impatient <laughs> yeah like a like an impatient woman and the then you see the full video and you realize this is just diane feinstein talking to these kids and politely saying no and yeah. she's got like a good reason for doing so like i'm torn and i think that the internet as well i think there's a couple of different articles in the day after or so that kind of have competing claims and i see both sides yeah i feel i'm, I'm, I'm the same way like i get it there's there's an aspect of 
some some things get lost when you get older, right? You just get used to things. It becomes normal. You're just used to it. And these kids are like, this is crazy. We need a we need to fix everything. We need to come in here gung ho and like to some level they're right, you know? They they have they're idealists and they have these ideas of how things should be going and that makes sense. They're not wrong. Um but then you've got the other side of it, which is Feinstein being like, yeah, that's great, but you don't know what you're talking about. I've been, <laughs> been doing this for, I don't know, how many years you've been doing this? Like 40 Forever. years? She's like, I know how to navigate the politics of this, and you don't. You don't understand what goes into this, and you don't know what's up, basically. Yeah. Like Bill McKibben from 350.org wrote an op-ed, I think in the New York Times, like the day after, saying, you know, that Feinstein is right most of the time when she says, you know, this sort of like my way or the highway attitude is not a great way to get politics done. And he's like, that's right, if you're trying to, like, raise the minimum wage or do any other sort of thing that involves compromise. But the science doesn't compromise, right? You need to reduce emissions. You can't argue with that. You can't mitigate mm -hmm. that. Like, And he's not wrong. But on the other hand, I feel like what's getting lost in all of this is that the Green New Deal, as the AOC proposal stands right now, doesn't actually have any legislation. It's a non-binding resolution. So, so what does that even mean? So it, do it means nothing. And so, like, just sign on to this deal, and I think Feinstein points this out accurately, it, it, first off, it's going to go nowhere, and it means nothing. Like, nothing will actually come from it. Like, even if it passes, it doesn't force anyone to take any action. And this is a, compared to where they stole the idea from. Like, the Green New Deal is Jill Stein's baby from, like, eight years ago when she first ran for the Green Party. Her, <laughs> and so it's been, like, I heard this term long time ago, and then I finally, and then the Democrats were like, hey, you know what? The Greens had a great idea. Let's just completely steal it, only neuter it completely. Because Jill Stein's <laughs> idea actually had legislation and was a sweeping sort of, like, thing. It would never have gotten gotten anywhere, but they stole the name of it and put it on, yeah, this really lukewarm, like I said, non-binding re resolution. And these kids... They go into Feinstein's office and they demand that she sign on to this bill. And she kind of is like, no, this isn't even a bill. Like, I have an actual bill that I think might actually pass an actual Congress. Right. I I'm want something to actually happen. So I'm going to go with the thing that I think will work. And so it's hard to, like, knock Feinstein for that. I guess you can't knock them either. They're... I guess it's kind of a naive way of looking at politics. And you can't really blame them because they are children. like 12 years old. Yeah. But the other thing of it is, I feel like this shows exactly how they miss how social change happens. Like, just because those in power don't want to do the thing that you want them to do, like, you could see that they had nowhere else to go. They were like, well, you need to listen to us and do it. And <laughs> you just hadn't heard us. That's why you hadn't done it. I knew it. You just didn't know. You didn't so, have this idea yet. Yeah, when faced with the polite no of Feinstein... They didn't know what to do next. And right. so, like, this is their demand, right? So this is them saying, you need to do X, Y, and Z. Then you need to back up that demand with real people power. If you're Martin Luther King back in the day, you say, we need to desegregate the buses. And they say, no. Ha. So then you're <laughs> like, well, now we're going on strike. Mm -hmm. So it feels to me like these kids are missing that next step, the, like, the actual backing up of their threat with real action, you know? Mm -hmm. And so they're like, well, we're just going to post a video on the internet. Makes you look sort of Marginally impatient, impatient. yeah. <laughs> and, and, like, if you watch it all the way to the end, she ends up, like, offering one of those kids an internship. like, yeah. Or one of the kids, like, asks her for a job, and she's like, you got it. <laughs> it was great. And 
There's another article I saw. I can't remember who wrote this one, but they pointed out you need to have some courage or whatever. And like, boy, does she? Yeah. I mean, there you can say a lot of things about her, but I don't think courage is a problem. Yeah, wasn't she like there at the building when Harvey Milk got shot, and she was like next on the list? <laughs> I don't like, know. About she's that. been around forever. Either way, she's been in like Congress for thirty yeah. years. She was there when it was a real boys' club. Like she was like the one woman in the room half right. the time. Right. Like this is a trailblazer in a lot of ways, and I think maybe deserved a bit more respect. Yes. Then and. and and, and some might say she didn't get the same amount of respect that a man in politics. You know, there's a play in there. Even even now, people can think, oh, well, I expected more from her. But you, they wouldn't have gone to a man. Well, they did go to Mitch McConnell this week. Oh, But, okay. like, I haven't seen that video, to be honest. Like, I haven't either. I, I'm sure Mitch was smart enough to just not be there. I'm sure he but, just didn't show up that and, Which turtle. isn't to say that Feinstein doesn't deserve to be held accountable. Right. And, you know, there was this fi- funny line where she was like, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years. And, you know, there's a real point, which is like, well, if you actually had done right. serious work yeah. 30 years ago, maybe we wouldn't have these kids <laughs> there, here today. There's a good double point. Like, yeah, I've been doing this for 30 years. I know how it works. And they are like, yeah, okay, you're doing a terrible job then because we're in crisis. So yeah. there, it's a good it's a good point either way. See, I kind of see both sides on it. Like, I definitely feel... When have we ever seen both sides on it? I know, thing? it's crazy. But, yeah, I don't... I don't necessarily feel bad for Feinstein or she's the fine. kids. She's, she's not fine. worried about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> she's not worried about it. But I also don't think that this was this sort of like gotcha, shocking, like look no. at... No. Yeah. I think it was a minor moment, but it was like, oh, this is terrible. Oh, well, she really just was kind of listening to him. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was a weird instance in this week yeah. in climate change. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. <laughs> All right, Corinne. Yes. We've done our water prep. I'm sure you have your 15 gallons of water in your house now, ready for you. Let's just assume that, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Let's go along with that assumption. So it's time to move on to the next most important thing. Food. Food. Food is a huge, huge topic. Kind of overwhelming. Food was one of these things where it's hard to figure out where to start. So we're going to try and give you guys a starting place because you don't just want to be stuck eating your Cheetos in your cupboard. And They can be a source of comfort at times. Or I guess friends popcorn that lasts <laughs> a thousand years. When it comes to food, the easiest way to look at it is to break it down into two different categories of food. I'm going to call those two categories survival food and the deep pantry. Survival food is the stuff that you can eat in the worst case scenario. Like let's say that the power is out, the gas is out, the water is out, a family of radioactive raccoons has laid siege to your home and they're demanding that you bend the knee. Like what do you eat in that situation? Survival food is the stuff you can eat then. It breaks down into ready-to-eat stuff, which is like granola bars, or they have these, you know, like survival bars, which have all of your nutritional calories in like one dense, dense, dense bar. They have uh, MREs, the military-style meals, or you have freeze-dried food. For a lot of reasons, that last one, freeze-dried food, is what you should really kind of focus on. And then there's the alternative other type of food and pretty much every other aspect of food is what we would call the deep pantry and that's a much deeper topic the deep pantry is a deep much pantry. deeper yeah <laughs> okay no he I'm didn't just, like that yeah. he didn't like that <laughs> the deeper pantry is a much larger a more robust topic mm. uh it has unplumbed depth. depth yeah <laughs> we don't have a good vocabulary yeah. clearly no 
So we're going to focus on emergency supplies this week, and then we'll get into some of the basics for the deep pantry. But survival food, that's what we're going to focus on today. A lot of you might already be yelling, but what about my beans? My beautiful canned beans. You know, I've got so much ramen and mac and cheese. But your freeze-dried food has a lot of benefits to think about. First off is shelf life. So your average canned good has a shelf life of anywhere from about two to five years. And yeah, a lot of that stuff can be good after the expiration date. It's still nowhere near as long lasting as freeze dried food. Properly stored freeze dried food generally lasts from 25 to 30 years. So it's really a purchase and forget about sort of prep. You have it, you put it up, and it'll last you most of your life. I mean, you might have to replace it once, maybe twice your entire life. Whereas rotating cans is a constant struggle. I know just in my normal cupboard, sometimes I'll find expired things. So trying to stock up for two weeks worth of food supplies, it would just be this constant rotation. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to the deep pantry. The next benefit to freeze-dried food is space and weight. Unlike cans and other goods, freeze-dried food is incredibly light and very conservative in space. So cans are heavy. Imagine how much, if you had to put everything you ate into cans, how much that would weigh. It'd just be tons. You generally have to have its own shelf, whereas freeze-dried food is light. It generally gets sold in these big five-gallon buckets that you can pick up. Anyone can carry. You can throw it into your car if you have to leave. Like, let's say, you know, all of a sudden, you know, there was a hurricane coming in, and you had to leave town. You know, trying to load up the back of your Prius is just not going to be feasible. But you can throw these buckets of freeze-dried food in there real quick, real easy. So that's another one, space and weight. Another good reason to focus on freeze-dried food is that they maintain a ton of nutritional value. That value that you might lose with canned goods, especially if it's something that's stored improperly or is sitting in brine. So a lot of people like the taste and texture of freeze-dried foods better than canned vegetables. Anyone who's ever had to eat an MRE uh, might think twice about storing two weeks full of nothing but MREs to eat because they tend not to be the most delicious food. The last benefit to freeze-dried food over canned goods is that canned goods are harder to store. Fluctuations in temperature and moisture can drastically reduce the shelf life for canned goods in ways that don't affect freeze-dried foods as much. So if you plan to store your food in, say, like your garage, but your garage gets to 100 degrees in the summer or below freezing in the winter or experiences these extreme temperature fluctuations, canned goods are not going to last nearly as long in that situation as having some freeze-dried stuff. And the freeze-dried stuff, because it takes up less room, doesn't have to be stored in the garage. So something to think about. The major drawback to survival food is the upfront cost. Depending on your family size, st stocking two weeks of this food is likely to be the single most expensive aspect of our two-week challenge that we're doing here. For an individual two-week supply, you're looking at about $100 or more. Okay, that's not as, I mean, that's not as terrible as I thought. But no, still. but it does add up. Yeah. So if you're looking for a family of four, all of a sudden you're getting closer to four or $500 for that right. food. So it so. is a, it is an expensive uh, purchase, but you aren't going to be making this purchase multiple times. This is a store and forget about it. And there are a ton of pre-created options you can purchase. Like packs or whatever. Yeah. What you want to look for when you're doing that though. There's a lot, it's very confusing, the market out there. If you were to just like Google, you know, emergency food, a million things will pop up, but not all of it is good. Mm. Beyond just taste, the first thing you want to look at is calories. So when we're dealing with this stuff, you want to count calories, not servings. 
Because okay. a serving is nonsense. A doesn't serving is just anything. whatever the person who made it says it is. Right. It doesn't mean anything. How many servings per package? Yeah. So, or how many calories per package? So how many calories in the package or per, is what you're really looking at. A lot of these things will you can find on the internet if you Google like, you know, two-week emergency food supply. You'll find it. And then when you get down to the fine print, you find out it's only two weeks if you count like a thousand calories per day. Which as, no. Yeah, which is probably less than half of what you need. Yeah. So, or some of them they expect you to supplement. So you can spend a couple hundred dollars on emergency food and then realize, wait, this is not designed this to be all of my food. supposed to include 25 cans of tuna plus all this other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. For longer term situations, you should look at things like macro, your macros, like carbs, protein, fats. But for a week or two week emergency food supply, really you just need the calories of course you'll be better off if you have those things balanced your macros balanced or your you know and your other nutrients but just to survive you just need the calories so focus on those not servings because servings don't mean anything okay so high caloric count sure you should you know use your body weight index to figure out how many calories you're supposed to have per day and factor in you know and calculate it out like that you should also realize that in an emergency situation you tend to exert more energy since you tend to be walking or running or you're doing things out of the norm yeah so you might need to up your calorie count a bit from what your normal day-to-day use is the other one is check your expiration dates most emergency food should have an expiration date anywhere from 20 to 30 years from now they may have some sale items that are going out in, you know, yeah. five or one. So double check your dates because you don't want to purchase this this year and then have to replace it in a year or so. But maybe if there's a purchase date where it's a 10-year expiration and there's a sale on it or something, that might be a good uh, start, right? Yeah, you should definitely be checking sales, but make sure that the food is, you know, good 20 years lasting. This should just be stuff that you just store up and kind of forget about. Yeah. So unlike, you know, your deep pantry, you're not really rotating this into your daily yeah, thing. Once it gets close to time to expire, you should use it. I guess you could, yeah. Yeah. You, do, you don't want to be eating MREs. No, I was going to say maybe you could donate it <laughs> it expires. Uh, find trusted sources for recommendations. So people on the internet get paid for directing Amazon links. Right. And Click most, this link. And yeah. It'll take you right to the food I told you is great. And the thing is, it's one of these things about like prepper online culture is that Almost all of them are designed to like maximize the amount of money they can make off their website. Right. And so anything where they recommend a certain brand or certain things like top five, you know, emergency foods, you can pretty much guarantee that they're getting paid for they're those They're on the payroll for that one, yeah. Yeah. So it's hard to trust those things. There's not really a consumer. And unfortunately, Consumer Reports doesn't cover emergency food stuff yet. Mm. So Maybe next year. Maybe next year, yeah. There is one website that I do like, and I will point it out here. It's called uh, theprepared.com. Oh, that's a great one. It's really good. They do uh, they do an emergency food kind of uh, overview, and they give their recommendations. What I like about it is they're very upfront and honest about you know where they're making their money off of this website and how. So but they probably tell you why they chose it. Mm. Exactly, and you can go through and you can they they really are upfront and honest with their process, very much like a consumer report sort of style. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that really refreshing in this realm because you can google you know best emergency food or best tasting emergency food and find a ton of different recommendations right and you never know what's real and what's just somebody can get an extra few dollars by recommending this one so look for you know trusted recommendations find some sources you like like i said theprepared.com is a source i trust or i seem to like so if you're looking for a recommendation i think that's probably as good a website as any to find but there are others out there just do your research 
Uh, watch for sales is the next step. So this food can be expensive. Do some comparison shopping and set price alerts, you know, set your phone to let you know. Uh, they do go on sale on occasion. But generally speaking, though, these will cost you some cash. And again, remember, you don't have to buy it all at once. Buy so what you can. Get, get a couple days yeah, worth. Work on one or two days for the family and then five days and then six days. You know, just, you know, you can do it over time. Don't feel like you have to go out and drop $500 on emergency food today. And a lot of people will say stuff like, oh, well, if you buy in bulk, you'll get a little bit cheaper. But if you don't have the money to put down $500 right away, that isn't really cheaper. No. So uh, that's understandable. Not everybody can put down all that money right away. Exactly. So there are a couple of brands that are pretty easy to find out there. One is called Augustin Farms, and you can find that at Walmart on occasion. Hmm. Uh, and they tend to be on the cheaper end, and they're readily available, which is nice. They tend to be rated okay as far as taste goes as well. And you can generally find your like one-person, two-week supply for them for about 60 to 70 bucks, well, that's which bad. isn't that bad, really. So I have had, I actually have tried some of their food. Oh, not really? their, uh, you know, not all of their emergency food, but I have tried some things by these guys. When did you try this, and what was it for? I had to make vegan burgers. Oh, gross! Why? Because I was cooking for an event, and they have like this black bean patty mix mm. that made a burger, and it was actually not bad as far as vegan burger patties so go. So it was pretty terrible, but it was okay. Yeah, for... it was a great vegan <laughs> burger patty. Right, read between the lines. Exactly, it. but. If, if you're a vegan and you want a burger patty, I thought it was okay. I bet you most of the vegans were like, this is the greatest thing I've ever had because they uh, eat Possibly. terrible food all the time. <laughs> eat terrible food, meaning non-meat. Well, they eat food that tastes bad. They're like, mmm, this I is the best vegan cupcake I've ever had. And you taste and you're like, it's because you haven't had a non-vegan cupcake in 20 years. That's disgusting. Throw it away. I feel like every week we isolate some other group. No on the vegans, no on Mariah Carey fans. Bernie fans. <laughs> no on Bernie fans, no on Feinstein, nobody. Yeah. Eventually, no one will be listening except for dad. Well, probably not even that. Yeah. All right. So, Augustin Farms, they're, they're out there. You can find them. And the other nice thing about them is that they're not like a fly-by-night operation. They've been around for a little while. Like I said, you can get them at Walmart it's or online. Convenient. Yeah, a convenient choice. And they're fairly cheap. If you look around, there are other options that are slightly more expensive. One of the most highly rated brands around appears to be Mountain House. And I say that brand by name because... That's one that backpackers might be familiar with hmm. because they're most well-known for making like individual freeze-dried meals that you can take hiking and in, into the backcountry. And they're known for being pretty easy to cook. They're all kind of like boil water and add it to the bag. And they kind of come in a pre-made bag that you can just add water to so you don't need any extra utensils, or hmm. uh, which is nice. And they tend to taste pretty good. Most people tend to like the taste of Mountain House. That said, they're on the pricier end. So, right. you know, finding the balance. Maybe you buy a couple of those. Yeah. So the bottom line here is you should have two weeks of this emergency food in your house. You should be doing the other stuff that we'll talk about next week, the deep pantry stuff as well. And think of them as two separate different food preps. So this is just, you know, worst case scenario. I need to eat something. We need to grab this, throw it in the car so we have food to go. You know, this is, and they generally come in like buckets that are waterproof and, you know, mm. pest proof and you can, and they're really light because they're freeze dried. Right. They're so you not can just like throw it heavy. into a closet and store it. You can throw it into your car and take it with you if you have to leave. It's just really good idea to have this stuff. 
The last thing to think about when we're dealing with emergency food is having a backup heat source. Like I said, this food is designed assuming you don't have use of your standard kitchen supplies. Let's assume the worst case scenario, you don't have your stove working. Either it's electric and the electricity's out, or it's gas powered and the gas is out. But either way, your general stove or stovetop and range isn't working. So you gotta have a second way to boil water. The vast majority of this stuff is add water. And yeah, in a pinch, you can add cold water to most of this stuff and it's edible, but it's gonna taste a million times better if you add hot water. So finding a way to boil water, at least. Uh, the best solution to this, most of us, if you go camping at all, have got some sort of camp stove, you know, those old Coleman suitcase stoves. Those are perfect for this. If that's all you've got, grab one of those. Otherwise, you can purchase a single burner, a standalone sort of, you know, butane lit or propane lit burner for about 30 to $50 and the cans of gas for maybe five or 10. Grab a couple of cans of gas and one of those burners and set it aside with your prep stuff. That's the best way to have it or take a Coleman, you know, camp stove and use that. Just make sure you have the fuel for it on hand and that it works. A lot of people recommend like backpacking stoves. Those things that can be really helpful, especially for like a bug out bag situation or a situation where you're on the move. But for our two week scenario, we're talking about something to use at home, something that can be a little bit heavier, but a lot easier to use and a lot less expensive, quite frankly. Those backpacking stoves can be pretty pricey when you really get down to it and they don't heat a ton of water at a time. So yeah, look online for some of these things. We'll put some recommendations of our own up there and we'll link to the, the prepared's kind of overview of these things and you can read that and look at what they recommend. And yeah, but that's this week. Look at look for emergency food, two weeks of this stuff for your household. And remember, you don't have to buy all two weeks right now. You buy what you can and, yeah. and you work towards this. It's um, This is a moving project. You're gonna yeah, the two of us have set it. the year as our kind of to get two weeks. So... If you don't have it today, that's fine. Just start setting some money aside for it. And like I said, watch for sales. Set some alerts on your phone or on your computer for when this stuff goes on sale. And you know, you'll be able to find stuff, I guarantee it. And you'll be able to pick away at it and eventually you'll get there. For sure. But yeah, this food stuff is really kind of the single biggest upfront expense for our two-week challenge. And there's kind of no way around it. So got to kind of bite the bullet. Start saving, a, setting aside for it. This is an investment in your future here. So get a spare change jar or set aside, you know, date night for a, or pizza night for a little while and save that money for this because it's going to be more pizza important. Pizza night. Yeah. Get your, no your, your you know, put it into your survival cash for a short time. Or uh, But figure out how you're going to get you know, the money for this. Figure out how much it's going to cost and then get started on it. Like we said, don't worry about getting two weeks immediately. Maybe start with, you know, three days. All right. That is emergency food number one. Whoop, whoop. So the next one's going to be like uh, more about your deep pantry. Yeah. Are we going to go to the uh, LDS church's uh, canned food? Or they're, they're like, what do you call that? Can. The, it's they have canned, a, a store, yeah. yeah. Uh, we are not going this week or next week to the LDS okay. store. We will be going when we get into canning because they teach classes at it. Yeah. And you can buy the food on there. I looked, the food is so cheap. Yeah. I was looking at it. I, was I bet you it's so good too. It's got like it's probably like or organic Mormon stuff. I don't good. know if it's organic or not. I don't care. Probably is. But but yeah, next week we'll talk about the deep pantry. We're gonna get started on how to do that, which is pretty much every other food prep. So yeah, this week emergency food. It's lame. It costs money. You don't want to eat it, but you have to. <laughs> you just kind of have to get it done. It's not even flashy either. No, it's not flashy, but it's important to have. I mean, this stuff. It's important not to skip on this. It, yeah. it, it is an expensive prep and it is something that people can easily jump over and think, well, I've got a bunch of canned, you know, 
beans, tuna. so I'm good, or canned tuna. And yeah, in most cases, that's probably fine, but this stuff is really, it's, it's emergency food for a reason. So, yeah. All right. That's what it is. All right, that's this week, guys. Rem be sure to like, subscribe, write a review. We are up on iTunes now. I appreciate all of you who have already done it. Fight me about Whitney Houston. Fight Corinne about Whitney Houston. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. <laughs> all right, thanks, guys. All right, thanks. Thank you.